2: 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Wiggins, America. I am not a number. I
3: am a free man. Wiggins, America.
2: The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Wiggins. Today's global economy waits for no man.
3: America.
2: Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Hey. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't
0: possibly understand. You have no idea how high
2: up this goes.
3: Welcome to Wiggins America.
4: If you live here in the St. Louis metropolitan area, which I'm assuming you do if you listen to the show, although a lot of people do listen online, then the crime of the downtown part of St. Louis is the story, and it needs to stay the story until it changes. It's not getting better. In fact, the hypocrisy is on full display. It's amazing. I mean, it is amazing. What happened this week? At the end of last week, the Attorney General, now Andrew Bailey of Missouri, is calling for the resignation of Kim Gardner. Kim Gardner gave a ridiculous press conference in which she claimed that she was the victim and then also acknowledged that maybe she didn't do quite enough, but she did enough and there were no records of her ever saying anything about trying to get that one guy who was a crazy driver who caused the accident that caused the girl, the volleyball player from Tennessee to lose her legs right here in St. Louis. Now that was the story <clears throat> of last week at the beginning of this week, though, you may have seen the video. I'm not going to play the audio because it's just somebody filming something and then saying about two lines. But if you didn't see it, it is a video of somebody standing inside of a building videoing a what looks to be homeless man staggering around behind another homeless man. And the second guy is sitting on a curb and the first guy is just kind of staggering around. My assumption is they started taping because they saw that first guy pull out a gun. Once he loads the the gun, once the first guy loads the gun, he just executes that guy, shoots him in the back of the head. That is about two blocks from where I'm standing right now. It's on a main thoroughfare, not that it really matters, but it's just, it was in the middle of the day on a Monday and this stuff is always happening, but, but this one was something different, I think because we got to see it, you know, it's yes, it's happening every day. I don't know that it's somebody execution style shooting somebody in the back of the head who didn't even know it was coming every day, but murders are happening every day in St. Louis, they're just not on tape. This one was on tape and it's where a lot of people know, so I think that also brought more attention to it. I kid you not, at the same time as that murder was happening roughly, there were people having a a rally, I guess you'd call it, of some kind around the corner, a few blocks away in support of Kim Gardner who doesn't prosecute crime. That's where we're at. But we pl- we blame politicians for this often and we blame leaders and we go <clears throat> these people don't know what they're doing. What are they thinking? Let me ask you this. If you live in the city of St. Louis, you voted for this. What are you thinking? What could you possibly be thinking to make you think that you that Kim Gardner deserved a second term? This is on you, voters for making it this way. And now the voters of the state are going to try to step in through the attorney general and make it right, your mistake. But I you caused this by voting for this. You have been duped <clears throat> by people who claim that they're who they're playing on your sensibilities of equality. And they're they're saying we want to help people by making things better for minorities of all kinds, not just racial, but all kinds. They have tricked you into thinking that's their actual goal when it's not. You have been fooled and my hope is that you are waking up to that fact right now. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with old Roy and Wiggins America.
3: Twitter at Radio Wiggins.
4: Old Roy, welcome to the studio. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about crime. I I teased this a little bit in the last segment, talked about it a little bit, uh, among other things, but the mayor of Chicago, you may have seen, will no longer be Lori Lightfoot. Correct. Is this news to you? You know this is going on, right? Yeah, I heard about it. Okay. We don't know who it's going to be yet, but it's weird because it looks like it could be either a conservative Democrat who, (laughs) in campaign ads, they have him in 2009 saying something like, well, I feel almost like more like a Republican now than I do a Democrat because he was so, not so conservative, but had moved The party had moved away from him, I think, Mm -hmm. is what he was implying. Um, So that's Paul Vallis. He's way more conservative than the alternative. He's more conservative than Lori Lightfoot. He's still a Democrat, so let's not kid ourselves here. Right. But um, dude seems to have a head on his shoulders. And really all that matters anymore with these things is just crime. I mean, all the other stuff, especially as a mayor, you're not going to have a huge impact on a whole lot other than the crime and safety of your, of, your, of your residence, and then maybe business and business activity, things like that. Beyond that, your position on abortion, while I would love for you to be pro- pro-life, doesn't really matter as much as a mayor. Agreed? Mm-hmm. Correct. So all these stuff aside, Paul Vallis seems like the choice, but the other guy, Brandon Johnson, is further left than Lori Lightfoot. And I was actually hoping, and on Tuesday I said this uh, in a segment on the uh, Annie Fry Show, that I hope that Lori Lightfoot actually still does get the second most votes because then if you have Paul Vallis against Lightfoot, he's a shoe in Paul Vallis against another outsider? You may galvanize the progressives to say, well, we didn't go far left enough. I don't know. Now, the polling would suggest that Vallis is going to win that race, but does this matter to you? I mean, we're Illinois residents, which is why I'm asking.
5: I honestly don't think he's got a chance. One, because it would be the wise thing to do, and (laughs) Chicago never does the wise thing. Two, I don't think it would be, I don't think the other guy will win because um, of a desire to push further left. I think it'll be. We just need the more Democrat of the Democrats, mm-hmm. and he'll pick up the people who wanted Lori Lightfoot. We'll go to him. Plus, isn't he the former head of the teachers union or something? Uh,
4: He's no, got ties that's actually to it. Paul Vallis is the former CEO of the C- teachers union. But <clears throat> you're right. Brandon Johnson has the endorsement of the teachers union, and apparently they spent a bunch of money, million dollars or so, on Brandon Johnson. Mm in the primary, and it was all borrowed. And so peep, this is why I think he uh, Paul Vallis has a chance, okay. is because the teachers' union <clears throat> is not in lockstep here. You'd think if the teachers' union got behind a candidate, that candidate was going to win. Right. Well, that did push Brandon Johnson to second place, so it's pushing a runoff. But with the teachers' union the way that it is, they're in debt. They actually went into, as far as I understand now, this is being discussed, they went into further debt to to fund Brandon Johnson's campaign, and the people who pay into the Chicago Teachers Union, the teachers, are going, hey, I've been buying my own freaking supplies, and mm. you're going into debt to pay for the mayor, who's not even maybe going to be the mayor? Right. Uh, not real fan, big fan of that. So there's a lot of dissension there mm. that makes me think that maybe that block itself <laughs> isn't going to hold up either.
5: Well, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. Well,
4: this is all yeah, this is like deep dive stuff. It's not yeah. everywhere. So but the polling, even just like before this went down, they did Paul Val it looked like Paul Vallis was gonna be one of the candidates. So they yeah. did him versus Johnson, who was the eventual second place guy. Uh Vallis versus Lightfoot, that didn't happen. Vallis versus Garcia, that didn't happen. The toughest race for Vallis was against Garcia. He's a representative from up there. He didn't yeah. win. Uh against Lightfoot, it was no brainer. He was going to win by almost 20 points, mm-hmm. which is why I thought, man, maybe Lightfoot's the way to go. Uh, but against Brandon Johnson, he still wins by about 13 points, hmm. according to polling. These are very small polls. These aren't big polls. There's not a lot of them. So you can't necessarily take it to the bank, but that's a pretty wide margin. Yeah, I'd say. Well, that's interesting. I mean, it would be, it'll be curious,
5: though, to me, even if he does pull it out how much of, of the, I hope he pulls it out. So let's say for lack of a better word, the more conservative Democrat, how much of that will he
4: be able to retain once he's in office? Are they going to beat it out of him? Yeah. I mean, we should probably stop using phrases like I hope he pulls it out and then they beat it out of him. Yeah. Um, but I, (laughs) my question for you being an Illinois now business owner and, I'm Illinois resident, Trisha is too, she'll be here in a minute. D- does the Chicago mayor's raise, we don't live in Chicago, mm-hmm. so it's not directly impacting us. Is this something that you think, though, indirectly affects the whole state?
5: Yeah, I think it does, because Cook County, there's so much of the state's economic stability yeah. comes from that part of the state. And all of the politics for the state comes out of Cook County. Yeah. So <clears throat> I I think, I mean, day to day, no. Doesn't have any impact on us down here, I don't think, on our average everyday lives. But if if Chicago continues to decline, businesses start pulling out economically the state is impacted taxes are going to go up it's it so it will if they don't fix the crime then then it will trickle down to us most likely in the form of higher taxes again
4: yeah i um i i hope that you're wrong but you're probably right as far as the economics go i think more importantly to me if paul Vallis wins if he doesn't it's actually going to get worse because this Brandon Johnson guy is, is is more into defund the police even than Lightfoot was. And some of his policies – actually, he's openly saying <clears throat> that he wants to add more taxes to the middle class of Chicago. And people have said, um, you want to clarify? And he's like, no, I'm saying that. I'm going to be honest with you. We need to tax people higher, all of people, well, especially middle class and upper class, of course. So that we can fund more social programs. I mean, it's it's just communism or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's big, big government. And he is saying we're going to f- go all in. If Lori Lightfoot didn't go far enough. So it's going to get worse if it's him. But if it is Vallis, <clears throat> which polling suggests that it should be anyway. um, I think that sends a message to the rest of the state even more than just the economics would. I think what? it. Sorry what what I think is sad is
5: that that probably would work if the crime wasn't so bad. I think if it was if it was just another mayoral election yeah the the tone of things right now and the it just none of it makes any sense what these large
4: groups of people are willing to put up with. I think they would buy that. I do too, but you're right. it's the crime. Yeah. That's why I opened this segment with saying, excuse me, that the crime issue really is the only thing that's on the ballot. Everything else is secondary, and it's the only reason this guy might win yeah. is, is because he's saying, I'm the law and order candidate. It's very actually similar to Eric Adams in New York. He is way far left on everything except crime. Mm-hmm. And he's not even really conservative on crime. He's just willing to support the police. Right. And he won yeah he won against like five or six other mayoral candidates just because of that. And I think we may be seeing that here I don't know about Paul Vallis. They're gonna run ads against him as being the Republican, the closet Republican. so maybe that does end up dinging him because it's not a Republican city. no, but I think it I think if he does win in conclusion it, he he it will send a message to j b. Pritzker. it will send a message to. Um, the legislature, that, hey, your big city, your bluest, blue, deep blue part of this state, which runs the state, is saying enough with the Safety Act and enough with all of these pro-crime measures. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's actually going to fix Chicago, but I, does, I do think it sends a message. Because you got to have a prosecutor, and what's her name, Fox up there, yeah. whatever her name is. I want to say Kim Fox, but I don't think that's it. I Kim Gardner. But... Well she she's not going anywhere not yet anyway so the the crime issue actually isn't going to change much but the message will be sent i think
5: yeah we'll see what impact it has i mean yeah i think if if the people in springfield really cared that much about it they would have done, done stepped in at some point so whether there's a lot of crime or not a lot of crime as long as they've got their power and
4: their control why do you think they've thought no matter how far left we go it's not left enough? And now that could be a check that says, "Um, hang on, on this issue you actually have gone too far and it may not directly affect your your race like you're the democrat so you're safe, mm-hmm. but if a pro police democrat gets in the primary against you, no, you're not going to lose the seat for democrats, but you personally might lose your seat if you're not against crime. Just like this would be.
5: Well, if that's the case, then it, it might work in Pritzker's or people like that, their benefit to have a law and order guy come in. Because then, now they can take credit yeah. for some of that. And then they won't have... And then a law and order person going against one of them, well, it's already fixed. So.
4: Yeah. No I, no, I think you're right. But yeah. I, I just... I think that sends a message stop going as far left as you can with things like the Safety Act statewide. When you see what's happening in the deepest blue part of the state in Chicago, hmm. they're not liking it. So, all right, we'll take a break right there and come back with serious questions. Trisha is going to join us full cast in here for Wiggins America.
3: To the Mojave, to the pristine peaks of southern Florida, this is Wiggins America.
2: An old cowboy went riding
0: out one dark and windy day. Joining Old Roy in the studio
4: the rich, it's Trisha. It oh, thank you,
3: Old Roy, for having me.
4: You're welcome. That was me. I said that. What? That wasn't Once Old Roy. Old Roy has a great died. radio Did you hear?
3: Did you purposely set well, it up with joining like Old Roy guys. in the studio? It's Trisha. Well, yes, because it kind of sounded like it was Old Roy's show, and he was inviting me into the studio.
5: Care to comment? Um, I. Would not
4: okay. Don't care worry about, about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly, you're. <laughs> anyway, you know. thank you for having yeah. me, Roy. You're welcome. Um, so it is time for the segment that we call serious questions, and I have a new stinger for that. serious question. All right. So serious questions, Tricia. You're going to start because you have the most of them and you overachieve. Mm, All
3: right. A study done earlier this year by the Frontiers of Psychology Journal found that people are less likely to wear masks if they think they are attractive. Researchers asked 1,030 participants to self-evaluate how attractive they deem themselves and how likely they are to wear a mask in certain situations, such as job interviews or even walking the dog. The more attractive a person perceives themselves, the less likely they were to wear a mask because they thought the mask made them less attractive. Serious question.
1: Serious question.
3: Is your self-assessment of your attractiveness the reason you guys hate masks?
4: I think I can speak on behalf of both of us and say yes, which is what you just did also.
5: I am generally repulsive. And so... I, it, it would be, well, that would be the opposite. You're going the wrong though. way yeah. with this, Roy. So I should be well, wearing a mask the all water. the time. Yeah. I yeah. should, I should always have my face covered.
4: Okay. All right. I didn't know which direction you wanted to go. Yeah. Because I'm hot. Yeah. And we all know it. And everybody, that's one of the reasons people listen is because they just, the mental image is too much for some people. Yeah. And that is why I have been so opposed to masks, is because I am that hot. Mm However, I don't get you at all. No, I. Well, I. Shock just, value. Could be, could he's, be. He's I just he's a shock jock. I like making a he comes an in impact. Doesn't wear a mask on the radio, and people are like, oh, yeah, gross. Ah, you can just hear it. Yeah, and he loves it. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna go next. I'm gonna let you go last. Great. Since you generally are unprepared, but mm-hmm. I think this time you might be. So maybe. All right. In an effort to help return its population to where it once was, the great state of West Virginia is prepared to offer residents 25 grand if they return to the state. The money would come after, well, you have, there's several criteria here. Former residents, would, it would happen in tax credits, but they would have to have been gone from the state for 10 years and come back for at least a year. And, or they would have had to have been born there and been coming back. But 25 grand.
3: Only for former residents, though. Only
4: for former residents. Now, it's weird because West Virginia has had other things that are not related to former residents. It's just for people in general. They've had tourism bureau tax credits up to 12 grand if you just move there at all. Now, you have to move to certain parts of the state. I don't think you can move to just wherever you want. But. Serious question. Serious question. Do you, is is West Virginia for lovers?
3: You take this, Roy. This is your area of expertise. Well, apparently,
5: if not, if you're not from there, mm-hmm. so it doesn't. I guess it doesn't matter if you're a lover or not. If you weren't
4: born there, to heck with you. Yeah, wet, that, lover or hater. That's how I'm reading it. Have you ever been to West Virginia, either one of you? No. No. I've only driven through it on my way to Williamsburg, Virginia Mm -hmm. for a vacation in 2012, which, by the way, was a weird vacation because you get on 64 right here in St. Louis, and you keep going till you get to the coast. That is bizarre. There's no, yeah, you Mm -hmm. you don't get off at all. And the same for if you go down to New Orleans, you get on 55 in St. Louis, and then you go to... New Orleans. <laughs> That's it. There's, and we did both of those, uh-huh. I think, back-to-back years. It was funny like directions, because that was when you still pulling stuff up on MapQuest and printing it out. Yeah, It was like, oh, we get on 55, and then we go to New Orleans. <laughs> and the same thing for Williamsburg. So anyway, as you drive through West Virginia, though, it is gorgeous. I mean, it's unbelievable, and it's one of the poorest states in the country. I think it's the fourth poorest state in the United States, and I always think of... You know, some of the southern states as being poor and certainly like parts of Kentucky, Appalachia are poor. But I didn't know that West Virginia was that poor. Seeing it, I'm like, man, I don't know why you wouldn't want to live here. It was amazing. But have you guys ever been to Virginia either, like Mm -hmm. for vacation or anything? Because it's gorgeous. And West Virginia is just an extension of that. I guess Virginia has more money because of the coastal cities and the D.C. area. But I can't believe they have to offer money to move there because it's, especially with remote work, that seems like one of those places that Bill Gates would be going and buying up a bunch of land because mm-hmm. that's, that's to me why he's doing that is less about farming and more that billionaires just want to buy up land in remote places because they know that soon nobody's going to be crowding around cities anymore. Everybody's just going to be working remote. <clears throat> ah, just a thought.
5: Well, so, you just
4: kind of train rolled steamrolled right over your serious question. Yeah. I know. Mhm. I did. I agree with Roy. His
3: that assessment.
4: Virginia, it, West Virginia is neither for lovers nor haters.
3: Well, I mean, only if you don't aren't from there. If you're from there, it's for everyone, lovers included. Mhm. That was I the think, gist of it, right? Yeah,
4: that sounds sounds right to me. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Sorry yeah. for taking us off track there. <laughs>
5: Go ahead. <clears throat> well, you, you went down the the Bill Gates rabbit I know. hole, and that that sets off all kinds of other things. That was actually going to be my serious question it was the Bill Gates one, but I changed. Ooh. Okay. So I'll just tease you with that. But you ready for the real one? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Yoko Uno moves from New York City apartment <laughs> of fifty years. We know who he's talking about. To rural farm bought with John Lennon. Say that again. Yoko Uno moves from New York City apartment <laughs> of 50 years to rural farm bought with John Lennon. Are, are you
4: purposely saying her well, name no, wrong, or do you know that you're about saying it. that? Can we talk about that? Are, do, do you know how to say her? Or are you talking about a different person named y- Yoko Ono? <laughs> no. Uno.
5: It's, it's Yoko Uno, like you got the it. card game.
4: Okay, okay. That's how I say it. Just making sure. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so she moved to... A farm that her and John Lennon bought.
5: Yeah. Uh, well, she moved out of her apartment of 50 years. It's a to long this time to upstate be in an apartment. Farm. It is. She's 90 years old in a wheelchair. Wow. So I, I could go through the details. It's that riveting. But she lived in an apartment mm-hmm. in New York mm-hmm. and she moved to a farm okay. upstate. Are you implying that? Is this a
3: real farm or one of those like. It's a my, funny farm. My it, it, childhood dog went to live on the farm. Like she's dad's dead. At, not, not that, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat>
5: that That went dark. Um, no, it was a farm. When they bought it, they, there was cattle there. But I don't think either one of them, it was dairy cows, so I don't think they were milking twice a day. But at any rate,
4: she's there. Are you implying that this is not a farm? Is the,
3: well, what's the question? Yeah, what, what, what's the, the question
4: that we're supposed to answer? Serious question.
5: Mm.
1: Serious question. Just
5: me or when John Lennon started Wings, the quality of his music went way down. <laughs>
4: Are you doing this on purpose? You've got to be doing this on purpose. What? John Lennon didn't do Wings. Oh, Paul McCartney. <laughs>
5: Oh my gosh! You didn't do that on purpose, did you? I did not. Paul McCartney was wings overrated. That's this. That's the easier question.
3: <laughs>
4: that's fair. That's a he recovered. <laughs> the question has nothing to do with the story. Well,
5: it does in part because had the Beatles not broken up.
4: Okay. All right.
5: Which we all know the yeah. reason they broke up was Yoko Uno. Yep. And so <clears throat> had they not broken up, would Paul McCartney have started Wings and would we have all been subjected to the music of Wings? And the reason I bring this up is because on the drive home last time. From on West the, Virginia? From here. Oh. <laughs> uh a Wings song came on, and it was basically just Paul McCartney singing "Mary Had a Little Lamb." Uh,
4: what was your serious question? Did Wings suck? Was that what it was? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wings sucked. Okay. I mean, they had a couple songs. Well, I did not even know in the era after the Beatles. I can't distinguish what was Wings and what was Paul McCartney solo, right? Because they, you know, Linda McCartney was involved with Wings, and I guess that was the difference. I don't know, but yeah, he had a, a couple songs, Unc- Uncle Albert, Admiral Halsey. You know that one? Mm -hmm. That's a cool song. But aside from that, a couple other hits here and there that are acceptable 70s songs and then nothing. It was terrible. And it's amazing how good those guys were together that then their stuff afterwards was so mediocre at best. Mm -hmm. You know, a couple couple of decent songs here and there.
3: I was Googling Wings.
4: You don't know, do you?
3: I mean, I know some of the songs. Yeah. I I feel a lot of pressure to say, yes, Wings sucks.
4: But you don't know, do you? But I
3: don't.
5: don't, Uh, I don't want you to feel obligated to join the crowd on this one. If you don't...
3: I'm not a Beatles fan anyway. Mm
4: -hmm. This guy's a musician and doesn't even really care about the Beatles that much. Am I right or wrong? You are correct. I, I
5: think... I put the Beatles in in the same category as as Elvis and Frank Sinatra as yes they were more culturally important than they were musically important oh. in a I lot of ways. That.
3: I do love Frank Sinatra and Elvis though. But I don't love the Beatles. But
5: if you were to take their some of their music take the cultural aspect that they the role they played in in pop culture and just take take the music on its own the performance and the quality of the music a lot of it would be like me
4: i am not arguing with you with the early stuff i still think it's enjoyable but the later stuff sergeant pepper's on that's going to be around for the rest of all of our lifetimes and beyond it's so good all those records they're so good. But News are they going to be around because it was the Beatles? Or are nah. they going to be around because they just stand on their own? I think they sta- those records definitely stand on their own. They're so good. My kids don't care about the cultural relevance of the Beatles. Trisha we, doesn't even know who the Beatles are. And we listen I to that know,
3: stuff I just,
4: all the time. I mean, I've heard I of
3: legends, the legends <laughs> of
4: the Beatles, the folklore. I wasn't around for that. And I I still think those records are amazing. And I have no ties to the Ed Sullivan show or anything. You don't? I'm going to play this song in the way out just to make you mad. Okay. Roy come back though. Trisha, bye. Bye. America. East Palestine, Ohio. You ever heard of that town? I have. You probably have too. Um, it's been in the news a little bit lately, and we have talked about it quite a bit, simply because it's a tragedy. And really, one point, I want to play a couple clips here for you, but before I do, one point to make, and that is that if you ever need to find an example of the government is incompetent, this is it. As we've said before, nothing new here. We're talking about a month into this story now, but the problem is it's not going to go away. Yes, we may dip away for a while and come back to it, but I don't think this is a problem that in a month from now, you're going to go, oh, you know what? Hey, glad that's over. It's, it's just not going to be over. And the government coming in, whether you want to call it the EPA or the transportation uh, department or whoever you want to blame for this, they they first, they didn't come in very quickly. And FEMA, another one, right? Um, they, they, they take their sweet time on this stuff because of the media. And once again, this isn't even the point I'm trying to make here, but the media basically controls the world and the media can highlight things or de-emphasize things and push them into the background and make things important or not. And the government just responds to them. I've said before that I don't even think we're living in a uh, state-run media. We're living in a media-run state. They're just subject, and Republicans too. I'm not saying this is just Democrats, but all politicians are just subject to whatever's going on around them. They can try to control or manipulate or turn the media a little bit in their direction to try to get them to focus on something. But it's really up to the media to decide what's important. I guess I'm kind of saying that I'm super important. I'm just kidding. I mean, we're doing a weekend show here on 97.1. But, you know, there is a lot of truth in that. I, 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 I implore you to argue against that statement. Because everybody, no matter what side of the aisle, you know it's true. Now, back to East Palestine. That has been the government responding to the media, and the media covered it very slowly. It wasn't the biggest story of the week, the first week. Then The second week, it started to be, and then it started to be important to Pete Buttigieg and even Donald Trump, who wasn't there the first week either, right? Let's be honest. Now, that is just an example of media-run state, and the actual problem on the ground, I don't know. Who does know? Because you can't trust what the EPA is saying because they're saying the water's fine. Then you got J.D. Vance standing in a creek going, look, I'm just swirling the water with a stick, and it looks like it's gasoline. You don't know who to trust. Media certainly can't trust them. You can't trust the EPA. Trust your eyes. Anyway, point of this segment is simply to say that a week ago, and then this is old news now, Woody Harrelson was hosting Saturday Night Live. He got all the attention from Saturday Night Live, and that's fine because he said something in the vein of <laughs> that the drug cartels had bought the media. And they controlled everything, and a crazy script idea, but imagine if the drug cartels then locked you inside and wouldn't let you out unless you took their drugs. Love it. I mean, a great quote. The monologue, I watched the whole thing. It was a rambling mess, <clears throat> so I don't necessarily suggest going and watching a great monologue from Woody Harrelson. But at the very end, he did make that point, and it was it was a good one. It was a funny one. Um, that same episode, though, so this was last week's SNL. That same episode opened with a guy impersonating Trump who is really, really good at it. And I think I maybe seen him before on SNL. Maybe you have too. But when he did this, and I'm going to play it here, I'm I'm telling you ahead of time that this is not Donald Trump talking, because it's that close. He sounds that close. Listen.
2: But your train exploded, and (laughs) who do we blame? Who do we blame? We blame Buttigieg. (laughs) Pete Buttigieg. (laughs) This was his responsibility. Unfortunately, he was too busy being a nerd and being gay (laughs) Dealt with the very much more important issue of should drains have big poison. And I have to tell you, I call him Pete Butt. I call him Pete Butt. There's no way around it. That's just the best one. Believe me, I've tried it every which way, and it really doesn't get better than Pete Butt.
4: All right, that's the first clip. I mean, if you took away the laugh track... You probably would still have a vague understanding that this was probably not Donald Trump, but my gosh, does that guy sound like Donald Trump. And when they dress him up and they put him in a MAGA hat standing on a podium, it really looks like Trump. We play the other half of this before I make my brilliant point here, which I think you'll agree with.
2: But this would have never happened under my administration. People are saying I made the trains less safe. Not true, okay? Not true. I did a lot for trains. I made them bigger, faster, less safe, perhaps, but... I'm here paying my respects because your train exploded and now your birds and fish are all dead. That's gotta not be so great to wake up in the morning and not hear the beautiful chirping of birds and instead hear trains exploding and derailing all over the place. Your town is hurting. That's why you need me. I feel like I could Schitt's this place, right? But I need the big eyebrows, right? That guy, Shits Creek, he's got big eyebrows. You watch Shits Creek? No, you guys watch Yellowstone, right? (laughs) The Dutton's.
4: Okay. There's more to that sketch, and it gets worse from there because they bring in the crazy-looking girl who's the head juror on the fraud case. And the girl impersonating that girl does an okay job, but I've just never found her funny. I wish I knew her name. Um, She's, she's just okay and nothing against her. She's trying, but I don't know. The sketch kind of goes off the rails. I just wanted to play the beginning and the meat of that thing, because when Trump is talking fake Trump, what's amazing to me now that clip put together, I, I cut it into two parts there, but it's about a minute and a half long total of him just monologuing. What's amazing is that Not only is the impersonation really, really good, but the writing is really, really accurate, so much so that it actually sounds like a Donald Trump speech. They've barely, barely amplified some of his idiosyncrasies, but not really. It's just Trump. And that's what's amazing, is when you hear these people, and they finally, for four years when he was in office, they had Alec Baldwin doing it, he sounded nothing like Trump, and other people randomly would come in and do a little Trump. They had a terrible time finding a way to parody Trump. And that's why. What you just heard is the best way to parody Trump, it's by just reading something that sounds like Trump. He is unparodyable. So as we go into 2024, they're still scrambling to figure out how to make him the center of the story because they won't do Biden. The same guy that, that does Trump on SNL also does Biden, and you almost never see Biden on SNL. It's, it's sad. Outkick actually did an article about it, about how you you know Trump is not the story right now. He is not the president of the United States. But he's such a huge personality and he still looms over maybe even the next six years that trying to parody this guy is their number one goal and they still can't do it. He is unparodyable. He is too big of a personality. You just end up trying to mimic it and do exactly what he does. And then we all laugh because we're just watching what he does. All right, we'll be right back. More Wiggins America, we get another hour ahead, so stick around.
2: There is no
3: rocket in my pocket. I am that glad to see you. Wiggins America.